Hey everyone, I'm Johnny. I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook. And we'll rank each book in a variety of categories, including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. This week's featured cookbook is... Plot du Jour by Susan Herman Loomis. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Victoria. How are you? Welcome back. <laughs> we uh, had to take a little brief hiatus due to some... Technical technical difficulties. Uh, if you want to call it that. Sure. That's what I want to call it. <laughs> Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Uh, per usual, we'll get a few housekeeping things out of the way. If you visit our website at wecookbooks.com, you'll see a store tab there. And that store tab, if you were to click it, will take you to an Amazon affiliate page where we have a couple things. Kitchen Essentials for Home Cooks as well as our list of uh, best featured cookbooks from our Cooking the Books Instagram blog. And if you make a purchase from either of those lists, uh, it won't cost you a penny more, but we'll get a few cents in return, and it's a way that you can support what we're doing here and uh, get something cool in return. Um, yeah, so we're trying out some new uh, podcast recording software behind the scenes, and it took me a while to kind of get the learning curve going and stuff. So this episode is going to be published late, but we're going to get back on track. Yeah, we'll, let's, we'll let's get to it. Let's take a little break from <laughs> things for, for a while. It was, it was kind of a welcome break. We got our tea. Remember that uh, we had a dollar store coffee mug that you'd put in the microwave to heat up some water for tea and it would get like hotter than Satan's furnace. Oh, my God. It would you, like burn your hand. The the um, the handle in particular, you're just like, ah, and yeah. then the water wouldn't even be that warm. So I believe I chucked that in the garbage. I guess that's what happens when you buy, buy a, a dollar, dollar store, store mug. mug. <laughs> <laughs> there must have been like metal inside there or something. Uh, that thing well, was... no, if it was metal, it would, like the microwave would have exploded. Oh, that was coming next. <laughs> I think. But right. I got a new mug that's very cute. It is gorgeous. It's got like a little uh, little robin on some cherry blossoms, and it's huge, which I love. So I can. I'll take a photo. We should start a little coffee mug gallery on our Instagram. Right? Something fun. Although, I mean, I guess we're. In, yeah. We have some nice coffee mugs. I'm going to do it. <laughs> do it, Balmer. <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to talk about what we just finished? Yes. Okay. Um, uh, we just finished, and this is going to sound kind of weird, but it's I kind of I kind of really enjoyed it. We just finished New York Times cooking no recipe recipes. There's Olive. She says hi. She's back from her break, too. <laughs> she went to Tijuana. I think she had more fun than we did. <laughs> I think you need to pick her up. I think I do. Like a little newborn baby. But I'm going to... she'll stop crying. <laughs> I'm going to have to chase her down, though. Go ahead and talk. Talk okay, amongst so yourself. We just finished this New York Times cooking uh, no recipes recipe book from Sam Sifton, who's a New York Times columnist, food columnist. And it's essentially a cookbook, but without any ingredient measurements. So it gives you a lot of latitude on what to make and how to make it. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of focused on like typically what you might have in your pantry or just left over in your fridge. Is that fair to say? Uh, kind of. I mean, I feel like some of that stuff people wouldn't have. But it's like, it's basically acts as like a, a guideline. Yeah. Like, which is kind of how we like to cook. Yeah. Um, and I think it's uh, it, it, it seemed like the 
intention was. But to, no, you you know what? You are correct. It is a lot of stuff that people have. Yeah, lots on of hand. pastas and. I'm sorry, I'm totally being contrary. Like, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an asshole. <laughs> If I wanted to be an asshole, I'd be like, I'm used to it. <laughs> oh, Throwing some shade. Um, so, yeah. So uh, I think it's kind of trying to push people beyond like if if you don't feel like intuitive cooking in the kitchen, this will kind of help spark some of that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um and I know you're more skilled at this than I am because I tend to like to follow a recipe to a T. I'm getting better at it now yeah. that we've been working through so many cookbooks that I don't feel the need to like have everything down to the, you know, last ingredient and method of preparation. Like I'm, I'm willing to improvise a little bit if it yeah. means like it'll be a better meal or if it just results in like, you know, using something that we have on hand already as a substitute. And... um so this book is kind of like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we we enjoyed cooking from it. That's going to be featured coming up. Um, what do we got up next? Uh, the next one is a book that we were sent. Um, it's called Food Between Friends, and it's by Jesse Tyler Ferguson, who was on um, Modern Family, yep. and Julie Tannis, who is his best friend. Yeah. Um, and Skilled uh, culinary yes. recipe developer, cookbook author. And we've paged through it, and picked out well i picked out all the stuff that i like yeah. now we just have to narrow it down we have to fight over it it, it looks it looks very promising yeah so. looks fun so that's gonna be next and hey well, most importantly what is for dinner tonight for dinner we are making this gluten-free pasta because we are shooting a don't sound so excited <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my um, yeah, that's not a rude. Like my energy energy level just, just dropped. Like, well, that some more tea out of that fancy um, mug you got over there. Uh, we're doing we're doing like a little campaign thing for a gluten free pasta company, and so we're uh, cooking up some of that. It's gonna be great. Keep gonna, keeping it really simple. I'm actually excited because it's real simple. We're gonna roast up some uh, cherry tomatoes. Cherry tomatoes. Line on cherry tomatoes. Get them nice and like kind of melty and stuff, and then um, a little basil. I think we're gonna cook up a little Italian sausage and keep it simple. Yep. Before we start drinking. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, we should tell people that we are scheduled to receive our first vaccination shot tomorrow. So that's kind of exciting. Don't want to jinx it. I know. I, I'm just, I'm trying not but, even to get excited about it but, yet until like... By the like, time this publishes, we'll have a sore arm and a low-grade fever. <laughs> Bring it on. Wish I, us luck. I gladly, I will take it. Yep. But yeah, I don't want to be like, I don't want to get all excited or whatever. This is taking a weird yeah. twist. Sorry, guys. All right. <laughs> it's okay. I think with this new software, I can edit in like jokes, laughter, happy stories oh, all can, at once. Can yeah. we or like... I can uh, just put it in after Put in like a in kazoo, editing. like woo, woo, woo. Yep. Okay. All, all right. right. <laughs> Let's move on to the show topic for uh, this week. Favorite pizza toppings this and is, people this were is, great about answering this, a, this one this is a divisive subject and uh we got a lot of response people are passionate about their pizza mm, toppings and they should be so uh we put this out to social media and uh, we'll just share some of the responses that we got and tell them why they are wrong <laughs> <laughs> beginning with our buddy uh, joe b 
Oh, you you gave him hell for this, didn't oh, you? Because he's a communist. <laughs> he likes anchovies and pineapple on his pizza. Yeah, and I can't I, get behind either I, one. I don't think we can be friends with him anymore. Nope. Unfriend. <laughs> Sorry, Joe B. Uh, but he did say anchovies, and he said, I feel like arugula deserves a place among the canon Which of pizza Which I toppings. 100% agree with. I got no problem with arugula. Yeah, right. Um, Mike T said extra red sauce, zesty, black olives, onions, and roasted tomatoes. That sounds like a great vegetarian yeah, pizza. I'm all right with that. I don't love black olives, though. I think we've discussed this. I used to yes. love them when I was a kid. Now I don't. Well, it's because really you can no longer put them on your fingers on and finger. wave them around like little <laughs> finger caps. Uh, Karen B., Pineapple and onions, no. I'm afraid. Well, yes. I'm afraid yeah. you're wrong because <laughs> pineapple... <laughs> Pineapple on pizza is atrocious. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, people. Um, uh, Charlotte J. Uh, said fennel sausage, and she said she's only seen this on a cracker crust uh, pizza in Wisconsin. Well, come on down here because I know their uh, piece in Wicker Park has a, has a, a pizza with some fennel sausage on it. Do you know that... Uh, Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick is one of the co-owners. Well, of yes, of course I knew that. Because <laughs> you know, hey everybody, did yeah. you know that Rick Nielsen yep. from Cheap Trick? See, I was I was trying to keep it more conversational, okay. like you know, <laughs> hey, little little anecdote, like Victoria. I was I was trying to be like play the the role of uh-huh. Norm from Cheers. Yep. Hey Victoria, fun fact: Did you know? And I got to ruin it. I'm I'm the fun ruiner. You got to work with me on this. (laughs) I can only do so much with this podcast software. I mean, I could I could probably add a new host or something. Co-host if I needed to. Okay. (laughs) Well, then Olive 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 will uh, take the job. I see that. (laughs) Um, Let's see uh, here. I'll do another one. Um, Amanda K said burrata mushrooms and fresh tomatoes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that sounds very good. I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iris F, shrimp and spinach, but mostly shrimp, they said. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'd be curious to try it. Okay. You have fun with that one then. I don't want like overcooked rubbery shrimp on there though. That would be the challenge. Do you, do you cook the shrimp and then put them on there? Do I you chance I, it and throw the pizza in with the shrimp on and then like hope that they get done at the same time? No idea. I think that's a gamble. Right? That's a roll of the dice. <laughs> I don't know that I'm willing to do that. Um, Bill S. says, uh, there's a guy I follow on Twitter who swears by tuna. Well, he can keep that tuna <laughs> to himself. He, I, I can't support that. No. Um, uh, Christy S. said artichokes. Down for that. Yes, absolutely. We, we do that frequently, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny... Schaefer, friend of the show, who, uh, until I got this new podcast software, <laughs> used to assist us with our show production. Now he's out of a job. <laughs> he said, cheeseless, no sauce, no salt. Oh, gluten-free and no box because it's bad for the environment. So my response was, how did you like your make-believe pizza, Danny? <laughs> I'm, I'm like... You know... When I was a teenager, one of my first jobs was at Godfather's Pizza. Yes. And we would occasionally get an order coming in for a cheeseless pizza. Well, so, no. Do you remember when we for when we first started shacking up together, 
You make it sound so scandalous. <laughs> um, I had really, really bad food issues. And so we would order food. We would order pizza from the Green Mill. And they always had like a ton of cheese. Oh, my God. But I would Tons always. But I'd always. And here's Johnny taking one for the team. I would make him order a cheeseless pizza. Yeah. Do you not remember that? No, I remember. Okay. Or sometimes I think we'd get half and half. Oh, yeah, perhaps. that's true. But no. yeah, I was like, oh, I can't eat the cheese. That's I love you. And you came around. <laughs> I did come around. Uh, <laughs> I, I got over that somewhat. Here, go ahead and do another one. All right. Jack D. Uh, I'm pretty traditional here. My first choice is pepperoni, although I occasionally used to order pizza from Uptown Pizza with salami. Oh, salami's good. Yep. And he says, which was weird, but also kind of good. No, not weird at all. Yeah. It's delicious and, and beautiful. I got to say, I'm a sucker for like a good classic pepperoni pizza as long as the pepperoni is good mm-hmm. oh yep. yeah i'm here for that <laughs> hey we just watched finished watching that aretha franklin documentary mm-hmm. and they they had that scene where there was a pizza box sitting on her piano in the recording studio and then like an, an, an intern or assistant like moved it thinking it was garbage and yep. then like she went in to do a take and she's like where's my, where'd pizza? my pizza box go she's like it's the it's the acoustics that's i need it that's my angry aretha franklin voice that was not she good didn't know <laughs> I'll, I'll work on it <laughs> and then apparently like it was there because it acoustics. made the piano sound a certain way uh-huh. as opposed to when it wasn't there so that, that, was my, that was my another anecdote i'm full of them today okay <laughs> um Tim H. says uh, sausage, mushroom, and pepperoni. I can, I can get behind that. Uh, Mari P. says, I love fresh roasted peanuts and peanut butter sauce on it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. How rude, Balmer. Sorry. <laughs> I, th- I think they mistook. Mistook? Mistook. The uh, question is like foods that never belong on pizza. <laughs> and like pineapple, anchovy, peanut butter would be Yikes. would be a top three, I think. Um, our pal Victor said artichoke hearts and goat cheese. We're down for that. Yes. Uh, another vote for salami uh, as well as spinach, criminy mushrooms and red onion. That sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. I'd be down for that. And then we've got. Ricotta, sausage, and basil. Nice. I think we've made that before. Mm-hmm. And then uh, someone said Vienna sausage. Those are the little cocktail wieners, right? Yes, Rosa Jane. What the heck? Huh. I don't. That, that seems like if you were trying to do kind of like a highbrow, lowbrow kind of thing. Oh, like yeah. you'd throw some cocktail sausages on there. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. good. Um, another person for anchovies. Look, I've tried. I've tried with anchovies yep. and I've cannot i cannot although i did come around to salmon after 20 some years maybe it's been about that long since i've tried anchovies you ready for the tuna on the pizza then no okay uh wonder and sundry says uh with a great pizza plain cheese is exquisite kind of like an excellent vanilla ice cream i would agree with that absolutely i mean if if i got a pizza that just had like some really great cheese on it and the, you know, had good crust and some kind of good sauce type of situation going on. I can't tell you the last time I had a plain cheese pizza. Yeah. Uh, my culinary fix said jalapeno and onion. I think you got to pick one. Personally. No. no. You got to pick one. No. Can't have both. I'm going to fight you on that one. <laughs> uh, Maxwell Gregory. And this I love. Oh, so good. Fig jam, gorgonzola, and prosciutto. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. 
I'm, I'm a big fan of figs on pizza. I mm-hmm. think we've had that before, and it was delicious. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, uh, bacon bits and burrata. And then they said not on the same pizza, though. <laughs> it could go great on the same pizza, I, mean, I think. If we're talking like those non bacon oh, like the bacon, bacon the yeah, bacon like those i i can't get behind that but if it's like actual bacon mm-hmm. we've done that um let's get into our picks yes what do you have my very favorite pizza has prosciutto pear gorgonzola and then it gets topped with a little bit of arugula that's been lightly dressed in um lemon juice and arugula that sounds delicious and it's often one that we make. Yes. Um, I'm going to keep it simple. Roast a head of garlic. Mm-hmm. Mix it with a little olive oil. Mm-hmm. Brush it on the crust. And that's your sauce. No mm-hmm. red sauce or anything like that. Just a nice simple garlic olive oil uh, base. Which is basically usually how we make yep. our pizzas. And then spicy Italian sausage. Or the fennel sausage would be good. Mm-hmm. I, that seeing that uh, reply made me think of that and I was like, oh, that'd be good. And then a little bit of fresh mozzarella, maybe some artichoke hearts, but not necessary. And then uh, if you want to get really crazy, throw a little bit of prosciutto, thinly sliced prosciutto on there so it gets nice and crispy as it cooks and then finish with a little bit of basil and maybe some red pepper flake. Okay. That's it. Nice and simple. There we go. Yep. Thank you everyone for, uh, for contributing. Yeah. That was a good We appreciate it, yeah. Keep them coming. Um, All right, so let's uh, jump into Plat de Jour by Susan Herman Lewis. Uh, Obviously, French cookbook. Mm -hmm. Uh, Plat de Jour, what's that mean? Meal Uh, of the day? Yeah, plate of the day. Yeah, yeah, plate of the day. There you go. And uh, just real simple French cooking. Um, Nothing was too difficult. I I guess you'd call it rustic. Yeah, it was rustic. but if you're looking for a good quality French cookbook, we enjoyed this one. Absolutely. Um, you want to talk about what we made? Yeah. Um, okay. I'll just give a quick little rundown list and then we'll jump into some of them. Uh, we did a fig and hazelnut bread with cacao nibs. Um, a golden roast chicken with shallots and apple. Uh, fish with a virgin, so- virgin sauce of tomatoes, shallots, and French herbs. Um, an Alsatian bacon, onion, and cream pizza. Um, bacon braised lentils with sausage. Basil sorbet. And that is it. Yeah. Any standouts for you? I really, really, really loved the uh, fish sauce with the tomatoes. It was, we used uh, basa, which is a catfish native to Thailand, I think. Yeah, Southeast Asia. Yeah, we've, okay. Yeah, and we've talked about that before, yes. but it's it's a nice, sturdy, white fish. firm, mild white fish. Yeah, and it was it, super simple. It's just a bunch of, we used cherry tomatoes, chopped them up, uh, some herbs, really good olive oil, simple, clean, gorgeous, so easy. And I, I well, I love the fresh herb mix too because mm-hmm. it was like what basil paisley parsley paisley, paisley. I'm thinking of simon and garfunkel <laughs> or something uh basil parsley tarragon thyme so you just get that nice herby punch of flavor mm-hmm. with the lemon and shallots mm, that was a good one yes uh anything that you really loved i love that fig and hazelnut bread it was kind of described as like a pre-dinner, you know, like 
something you'd have with like a drink or an aperitif yes. or like kind of a savory snack. Um, it's got the Gruyere in it, uh, fennel seeds, hazelnuts. So kind of like a savory snack bread. It freezes really well. So I remember we froze some of that and then kind of portioned it out so you could just pull out a few slices to have as a snack. And I really enjoyed that. It was a bit of a mind trick for me, though, because yes. you always like I always expect a quick bread to be sweet. Yeah. And then you go and grab a hunk of this and you're like, oh, yeah, well, there we go. We're in savory territory. But and I mean, there was a hint of sweetness from the figs, but it was, you know, then it had that Gruyere. And, you yeah. Know, well, other... and the cacao nibs are yeah. not sweet at all. Yeah. The, the, you know, that's just like a little bit of that adds some richness and uh, some little bit of crunch. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the roast chicken was great. It's not the first time, obviously, that we've made a roast chicken. I always feel like that's one of those things that is seemingly simple, but. It's not always. Would you agree? I totally agree. I feel like getting it cooked to the right temperature. Yeah. You know, like. But I feel like that's something you could kind of like judge someone's competency as like a chef or a cook is by just having them make you like, I guess, A, an omelet and Mm -hmm. B, like a nice roast chicken dish Mm -hmm. and just see what they do with it because there's you know obviously like a million different directions you can go with it but um even when keeping it really simple sometimes it's kind of elusive to perfect yes. so but that was a good one it turned out great um loved that one the bacon onion and cream pizza was kind of an interesting dish because it's not it's not ingredients we would normally choose for a pizza i feel like especially that cream sauce that was on there well, the cream, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, the, the cream sauce was supposed to be creme, fr- creme fraiche. Um, my dumb ass. Pro acts- tip. <laughs> be careful. Pro tip coming up. <laughs> be careful. Uh, you know, your grocer may have a couple different kinds of creme fraiche. They make flavored creme fraiche? They make a vanilla creme fraiche. Whoopsie. Yes, and I accidentally grabbed it. But I can tell you, vanilla creme fraiche goes great on French toast. Yes. Um, so we ended up using some, uh, was it ricotta or farmer's cheese? It was one of the two, whatever yeah. we had in the yeah, fridge. Yeah, we had one of the two in our fridge. So you saved Christmas. I saved Christmas, and it was delicious. Um, so yeah, just be extra careful what you're, what you're grabbing at yeah. the grocery store. So I guess with the ricotta on it, it's not at all that unusual because that's, we, you know, we've done that on a pizza before. So, yeah. um, the bacon braised lentils were delicious. We found these, uh, small little string of, I guess they're like Hungarian sausages. They're called Do- Dobrincini. Okay. Um, actually one of the, one of our Instagram followers commented um and, they, and what they are they sounded like they knew what they were talking yeah, about yeah they're like these little uh paprika sausages they're they delicious gorgeous. yeah so see we'll just keep spitting out information whether it's right or not <laughs> we'll just rely on you dear listeners to correct us when we're talking out of our ass well it's funny because johnny's like spanish chorizo i'm like that is not spanish chorizo yeah, you know. I think you just didn't take notes when you were making this. Oh, gee, you... that's unusual. <laughs> so you're like, what What kind of sausage did we use? I hey, think... let's talk basil sorbet. <laughs> you don't want to talk <laughs> about chorizo anymore? Not really. Okay. I'm over the chorizo talk. Okay. Uh, basil sorbet. <clears throat> yes. Couldn't get much simpler. 
four ingredients if you count the water. Yes. That was in it. But otherwise, it was like sugar, lime juice, basil. It's that that sorbet was the definition of a palate cleanser. Yep. It was bright and beautiful and lovely. We added a few frozen uh, fresh raspberries mm. on there. I guess frozen and fresh are not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> they were fresh when frozen. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> and then uh, you know, if you want to throw a little bit of vodka on that for like more of like an adult slushy, mm-hmm, that's what we did. No judgment on our part. No, it was delicious. It sure was. Anything else on this? Uh, no, it would get into the rankings. Mm-mm, I don't believe so. Uh, before we jump into our own rankings, let's. Uh, talk about the most critical Amazon review. Now, thankfully, when I went on Amazon, there were no one or two star reviews. Mm-hmm. So the, the I guess if you can call it the worst, quote unquote, that I found was a three star review, um, which was actually not that. Uh, if a fair to middle in review was like my worst review, yeah. I'd take it. Yep. Agreed. So uh, this is from T. Bippin on Amazon. Three out of five stars. And they said, Basic French recipes. I was quite excited to receive Plat du Jour. However, the recipes are underwhelming. There's plenty of lovely photographs, which is a plus. However, if you already own other French cookbooks, you may want to look over the table of contents and index prior to purchasing. There's a nice mix of recipes that use few ingredients with those that require quite a few. And the one recipe which was a novelty for me, which was egg flowers with a curry squash. Do you remember that one? No, I don't. There was no photo. No photo with it, but apparently it had an unusual technique of cooking eggs in plastic wrap, which I've never done. Nor have I. Yeah, and it said I could not imagine what what it was supposed to look like, but found a photo on Pinterest, and it was a lovely-looking dish. Okay, then. Thanks, Pinterest. That wasn't a very bad review. No. And I get, you know, I mean, I get that, you know, there are... Uh, recipes in this book that you would find in other books you know if yeah. you any any kind of type of cuisine of a book that you're gonna get the dishes are gonna be covered in in another book so I would it's s- it's it's a you know I'd say this is a good one to add to your collection or repertoire if like you're looking for just a good French cookbook maybe you own a few or none and you just want to like an introduction to some of the classic. It's a good starter. Dishes. It's a good yeah. starter. Nothing wrong with it. Um, so I guess we'll jump into our rankings now. Yes. Starting with food photography and styling. We rate everything on a scale of one to five. What do you got for that? I gave it a three. Yep. To me, I felt like a lot of the photos were underexposed. They seemed just a little bit dark. Mm-hmm. And it was all um, like 45 degree angle. Uh, there wasn't I mean it's very rustic food it's you can't really it's hard to make it look fussy or anything which you know which is not that doesn't bother me or whatever um get out of my head Victoria. <laughs> you, you took all my notes um yeah the photos didn't wow me well, there weren't a lot of photos I felt given the amount of recipes that were in there a lot True. of recipes did not have photos. Mm-hmm. So if you're the type that wants to go through a cookbook and see a photo of the finished result, this is probably not the book for you. Yeah. And like you said, the photos that were in there were a little dark, a little moody, macro shots, mostly 45 degree angles, some overhead. Um, yeah, I gave it a three. Okay. I thought it was pretty average. I don't think this is a book that you'd be drooling over the photographs. 
they were fine. They weren't great. Yeah. The, the, like the, the, the three is kind of the equivalent of me. It is. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're, we're thinking alike on that one. Uh, design and layout. What'd you give it? I give it a four. Okay. So there, there's not a lot of additional content to this book. It's mostly just all the recipes. There is a section at the beginning that kind of sets up, you know, what to expect within the pages. There was um, some mention of like edible garnishes. I loved that. Yeah, I was so, going to mention that. Yeah. So there was actually a list of like both edible like herbs and 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 different like flowers and stuff like that that you that you could use in your cooking, which is kind of a uh, keystone of this like rustic French cooking. So I thought that was cool. There was a definition of the various like food labels, like the AOP, the AOC, all that stuff. Like I, I can't navigate all that or explain like what each one is, but um, it does give you a little brief introduction to that. Mm-hmm. And then within the book scattered throughout, there's this whole uh section of little i guess they'd be considered like tips tricks little kitchen hacks Mm -hmm. called astuce astuces yeah i think that's how you pronounce it um otherwise like the chapters are divided into like pretty standard you know appetizers seafood salads sides nice large print yes um i mean this is not Susan Herman Lewis's first rodeo. She's a cooking instructor. She's authored over 14 cookbooks. So I think she's got, you know, the design and layout part down. Yeah. Pretty well. Well, and, and uh, also I gave it a four as well. Um, uh, and the, the top half of the uh, recipe page is usually, uh, you know, it gives an intro to the dish. And then also there is... Um, like pertinent information about like what equipment you need, uh, the prep time, the cooking time, the level of difficulty. Yeah. Um, which it's always nice to be able to get that little snapshot when you're trying to decide what to make. Like, is this going to be too hard for me? Is it, does it require a lot of prep time? So it's, I appreciate that. Yeah. And I mean, otherwise like there's not a lot of, like I said, like additional content. There's just little things scattered throughout that make it kind of interesting like there was a are, are you familiar with the the pen bag bagnot is that how you pronounce it the the sandwich the french sandwich um, which is kind of like iconic oh the ham cheese no nope. what uh it's a vegetable sandwich primarily unless you put eggs on it but there's a very it's very strictly regulated if you want to call it the the pen bag bagnot god it's so <laughs> terrible i should have uh, not skipped French class when I was in school. What language did you take? I was like hanging out by the dumpster smoking. But you took French? No, I was hanging out by the dumpster dumpster smoking. I took French. I took Spanish. Probably some Italian. What? Okay, your school did not. Maybe some Swahili. Your school did not. Swahili. I I know Spring Lake Park (laughs) did not offer Italian. Yes. No. I think, but they were all like these little introductory courses. So you got to learn how to say a few words, which were like probably completely useless in like practical conversation i mean i have enough trouble with english i'm so i can't i'm so confused by your language classes me too because like we we would have to take one and like go through all all four years nope not me all right yeah so anyway uh so there's a there's a list within the book of like ingredients that can go on this sandwich 
and it's very strictly regulated. You can't de- you can not put stuff on there, but you can't add stuff that aren't on the list. Okay. Not on the list. Okay. It's like a it's like a doorman at a very exclusive club. Oh. Not on the list. I think I must have like bacon. Not on the list. <laughs> I think I must have like just thumbed past that. It was kind of an interesting thing. So there's there's little things like that throughout the book. All right. What'd you give it for design and layout? I gave it a four. Okay. So far we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, degree of difficulty. I gave it a two. Me too. I didn't think there was there was nothing here that made me say, whew, that was hard. I would feel confident um, giving this book to any one of my friends and being like, here, cook out of it. Simple French cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I had no issues. The, the, we didn't talk about the pizza dough recipe, um, but it, it kind of, you have to rely on your intuition for it because like the recipe is a little bit vague with the amount of flour that it calls for. Normally when we make pizza, we've talked about this endlessly, but we use the Paul Kahan cooking for good times pizza dough recipe Mm -hmm. and it's just like nice and reliable. It freezes really well. But for this one, we actually did make the... Uh, crust recipe from the book and it turned out great mm-hmm. um i think when it was all said and done there was about four cups of flour in the mixture and it says anywhere from three to five so i felt like the recipe was pretty accurate but it just says you know keep adding until you it's, get this it's one of those things where you have to feel it yes so and so if you're the type that wants to follow a recipe like to the you know eighth of a teaspoon Stuff like that might might, might give you the vapors. You. You'd yes. be like, oh, but Make what do I do? Anxious. Okay, yeah, I, I get that. But otherwise, like two simple French cooking, mm-hmm. pretty easy. And then most importantly, taste. What'd you have? Five. Yep. Me too. <laughs> I there. I I mean, I think this might be the first time we've had the same. Yeah. Rankings were for you, everything. Were you copying off? Get me? out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. There you have it. All right. So if you enjoyed the show, please rank and review it. Um, follow us on social media at we underscore cook underscore books on Instagram and at we cook books on Facebook. All right. You know what time it is. Give it to me. All right. Joke time. Uh, remember that time that I was tasked with ordering a birthday cake for my brother? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it always sounds better when I mm. tell it in the first person. Mm. And then the bakery owner asked me what I wanted the cake to say. And I was like, hey, Victoria, do we want a talking cake or not? (laughs) I thought it was cute. It's not going to ruffle any feathers like my previous joke. (laughs) Were people mad? I didn't get any complaints. Okay. I didn't solicit any complaints. So <laughs> win-win. <laughs> All right, everyone. Have, have a good rest of the week. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Bye. Bye.